On this week's episode of The Fizz, I break down the Lions' week one matchup versus the Arizona Cardinals. Champagne Athletics makes a big announcement, and I tell you about my tour of the beautiful Little Caesars Arena. After that, we close it out with a little over-under. But before we get into all that, I want to tell you guys about an app currently being developed in Detroit, Michigan. It's called the Score app, and the way it works is they offer you deals before the games you love at bars in your area. For example, if you thought Kenny Galladay was going to have a big day, there would be a deal on their app that says if Kenny Galladay catches a touchdown in today's game, you can use this deal at this bar in your area. If Kenny Galladay pulls that off, you can redeem that deal at the bar of your choice. Learn more by following them on Instagram. That's at score deals. That's at S-C-O-R-E-D-E-A-L-S. But now let's get into the fizz. Caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Caught with that. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship brain. Cause I ball hard. Show this me ball harder. I am the bird man. Hello and welcome everyone. To episode 8 of The Fizz. I'm your host, Frank Cerise. I am at the Foundation Hotel, downtown Detroit. It is a beautiful Tuesday. Very warm, but also with a little chill of fall. It is just the most beautiful day in downtown Detroit. Um, And I am in a great mood because the NFL is fucking back which means the best type of sports gambling's back, which means fantasy's back, and which means fucking hockey season is right around the corner. I fucking love it. Week one definitely lived up to the hype. Some wild shit happening. Patriots getting shit on at home. The Browns keeping it close with the Steelers. The Jaguars taking a fucking nasty dump on the Texans. The Bears holding the Falcons close. Bengals shut out at home. Uh, It was a fucking good one. It was a wild first week of NFL football. You found out some teams were just complete dumpster fires. Some teams are actually going to surprise this year. You never know what the fuck is going to happen in week one. It's absolute insanity. If you're just a regular football fan who watches, you know, just watches the games for for good old-fashioned football pleasure, uh, it was insane for you just because, you know, you don't know what teams are going to do, which is pretty much the overlying umbrella over week one. Um, As a gambler, it's a borderline nightmare because you're literally just basing shit off information of last season and then whatever bullshit you try to collect and piece together with fucking glue and toothpicks uh, from the preseason to make your bets of the week. And then on top of it all, fantasy is back, which is also can be the greatest thing in the world or the worst time in the world. And let me tell you, team, wow, it was Awful for me fantasy-wise. Like, absolute dumpster fire-ish fantasy. Now, I say it every goddamn time. I'm the defending champ of my league. I came in with a little swagger on. I was not out of first all of last year. A full calendar year in first place. Most points, uh, best record, championship, okay? But this year, wow, not the fucking case. Game one, I lose, so... And I had the least amount of points, so I'm in dead last. Already in dead last to start it. Didn't break 100 points. It was fucking hell. And here's the biggest kick in the dick about my fantasy week. Uh, no touchdowns. 
Yep, you heard it. No fucking touchdowns. All 10 starters, zero touchdowns. Bench players, no touchdowns. The only bright spot was obviously Antonio Brown. He went for 29 based on the scoring in my league, but no touchdowns. No touchdowns. Brady had a shit week. Gronk didn't do anything. Alshon Jeffrey put his penis in Brandon Marshall's ass, I believe. And then Brandon Marshall did that to him because that's the only way that they caught or received anything the whole fucking week. Uh, my shit core of running backs didn't really do anything. Tevin Coleman put up 10, which I'm not mad about because he's a backup running back. But when Amir puts up 7, it's kind of like a dumpster fire all over your face. So I didn't break 100 points. Ended up with 97. Lost to a good buddy, which definitely fucking sucked. He's he's you know, real happy about it. Uh, but we're going to trust the process here. I feel good about my team. I still feel good about the draft. I think it was just a bad week. Uh, you know, Brandon Marshall, uh, Dallas got fucking smoked. Fucking the Patriots just shut down completely. And I obviously have a lot of stock in them with Brady and Gronk. And then I'm hoping, you know, Elshon doesn't, you know, line up against, um, uh, against uh, my man on my man on Washington. What's his fucking name? Josh Norman. That's the name I'm looking for. Josh Norman. I think he shut down Elshon really well. Um, but the Eagles look pretty good. So I think Elshon will find his way into that offense. But honestly, fuck all of this. Fuck everything I'm talking about. Fuck fantasy. Let's talk about our Detroit Lions. How about them Lions? 35 to 23 in a convincing manner. At home, over the Arizona Cardinals, who I predicted to come out and have a lot better year. But let's let's take some notes from the game. It started off real fucking hairy, like real spooky shit. Like I was just like, this is going to be a fucking blowout. The defense looked, and I guess I shouldn't say the whole team looked bad. It was just the offense. The offense looked fucking terrible. The defense actually looked pretty pretty fucking strong. I mean, stats for the game, they fucking picked off they picked off Carson Palmer 3 times. And there was a lot of noteworthy plays in this game. Um obviously the interceptions for the Lions were absolutely huge. The I mean, in my opinion, Carson Palmer uh is 37 years old, but he looks like he's 68. That guy looks like he's been in the league for fucking 40 years, and he's just over-fucking-playing football. That guy looks done. He looks cooked. I mean, on some of his interceptions, they were thrown to absolutely no one. There was no one in the vicinity of where he was tossing this rock. I mean, granted, the third one was, was deflected and, you know, taken to the crib, but he just looks like he's fucking over it. Um, but a lot of big plays in this game. Funniest play of the game definitely was our backup punter, just absolutely panicking and then tearing his ACL. I mean, I'm sorry for that guy. I'm not going to look up his name. I forgot what it was. I feel bad that he busted his knee, but in that situation, man, you got to you got to do something. You can't just you can't just run out of bounds and just get lit up. Like punt the ball, kick it, do something other than that. That was complete panic mode, but you got to love that uh the Lions will have like, you know, three punters on the roster uh already by week 1. Like we got the injured guy Prater's or not Prater, excuse me, um, Sam Martin's hurt, and now we got this new guy, I think, from Minnesota coming in to punt the ball for us. But that that was the meltdown of meltdowns. Um, and that 
would have been second place to meltdown if the Lions would have lost this game to the way Matthew Stafford opened this game. I mean, it was absolutely the most Lions thing ever the way this happened. So Matthew Stafford gets the contract a few weeks ago for the highest paid player in NFL history. Uh, a lot of people defended it. Some people said it was stupid. It had to happen. I defended it. Love the guy. Need the guy. Pay the guy. He, we, Lions get an interception off fucking uh, Carson Palmer. Lions first offensive drive. Staffy drops back to pass and he fucking throws it. It looks like into the middle of fucking nowhere and it's picked off and taken to the house. Um, upon replay, looked like Golden Tate got real fucking lazy on this play. And he was. He was lazy from start to finish on this play. He didn't fight through the linebacker on that crossing route. And then after this thing was picked off, he went into full, like, oh, fuck this mode. And he just stopped walking, didn't chase him, made no attempt to catch the guy. And realistically, Golden Tate's the only one on that field who was going to have a chance, chance to catch that guy. Uh, so Justin Bethel picks off Matthew Stafford in his first pass as the highest paid player in the NFL. And it, you could just hear the collective groan around Detroit and surrounding cities, state of Michigan of just like, holy fucking shit. Here we go. But even with every early mistake that the Lions offense made or special teams made, the Lions defense held stout as fuck. Uh, I mean, they played an absolutely great game. Killebrew with a pick, Tavon Wilson with a pick, and Quinn with a pick. Uh, three times picking off old man Carson Palmer, and they were very impressive in shutting down uh, DJ. Very impressive shutting down uh, David Johnson. I read a headline from an ESPN notification that popped up, and it said Lions Anonymous D looks, you know, whatever, looks stout versus, versus the Cardinals, and I couldn't agree more. I couldn't really name too many people on – the defense, uh, you know, besides maybe like Slay and fucking Quinn and then Gerard Davis, who also recovered a fumble. Um, but they played absolutely great. And it was very impressive. Um, and I will be – I'm very curious to see uh, where where they – how they do ne- – uh, sorry. I'm very curious to see how they do next week uh, at New York because um, the Giants are definitely going to want to come out playing a little better. They'll have, they'll have Odell Beckham. Um, so we'll see if the Lions defense, you know, I don't want to say if they're for real because I don't even think after two weeks you can know if a team's for real, but we'll see if they can put together, put together uh, consecutive performances. If they go in New York and win, I'll be very impressed. Uh, I did pick New York to beat the Lions, um, but obviously always rooting for the Lions. I never want them to lose, but you got to be realist. I can't just pick them 16-0. That'd be fucking ridiculous. Um, but this game was fucking fun to watch. Um, and then I got two two notes here that I want to touch on still. One, the uniforms. Whoa! Those were electric. They looked so good. I am going to hot take this one, saying that the Detroit Lions have the second hottest uniforms in the NFL. Uh, And the only reason they're not number one is because I am just so loyal to the Oakland Raiders jerseys. I think the Oakland Raiders jerseys are the absolute uh, best uniforms in football. They're up there in sports for me in general. I think the Raiders absolutely just look like murderers, and it's it's just perfect for their team, their culture, and their branding. But these jerseys were fucking awesome. And comparing these new Nike jerseys to the old ones, it's not even a comparison. Getting rid of the black was the best thing they could ever do, simplifying them. And then, you know, when they play well in them, it helps them out a lot too. But they they looked awesome in their fucking jerseys. 
Um, but there is one play during this game that I really think turned the momentum uh, quite a bit. I mean, the picks were huge. I'm not saying this was like the play that turned the whole game, but the Lions were down 10 in with about nine minutes left in the second quarter. And Matthew Stafford has a third and 12. We're just past the 50-yard line. Arizona sends the blitz. Staffy gets out of it, gets on his fucking horse, very fleet of foot. This guy took off, goes about 15 yards, slides for the first down, and then at the end gives a little, how you doing with the fingers. And I fucking loved it. I got jacked. After that, the Lions go down. The uh, Staffy throws the touchdown to Marvin Jones, and then we're marching. Detroit's on the board. Um, they would go down again, but after that, I mean, they scored like 25 straight points, and that was kind of, um, it was kind of just like, oh, wow, the Lions offense has a fucking pulse, and I thought it was very impressive of Stafford. Uh, they were getting shut out, didn't score in the first quarter. Uh, Cardinals took that pick to the house from him. Uh, the offense wasn't really doing shit, and he kind of took matters into his own hands, uh, had a real nice scamper there for about 15, 20 yards, and uh you know, got the first down and then added a little swag on the end. And that got me real fired up. Uh, just another reason I love, I love frat boy staff. But what I want to ask you guys, you know, about, about this goddamn game was how'd you feel walking away? You know, how does it feel to have a fucking super paid, super badass quarterback, a stout D that picks off the offense three times and keeps your team in the fucking game? Um, Something I forgot to bring up earlier, which I'm actually really mad at myself. A fucking badass ex-alcoholic, probably still alcoholic kicker who absolutely drills punts from over 55 like it's fucking nothing. And to have a newly renovated stadium with new badass fucking jerseys and to win a fucking game. It's awesome. And it's an unfamiliar cocktail of happiness around the Lions. Yes, I get it's week one, but I, sometimes I can't hide my Lions fucking slappiness. It's just part of me. Like, the Lions didn't win it all for me growing up, and now they won this game. I love Stafford. I love Prater, and I think they look hot as shit, so it's hard for me not to get super excited about it. So with this excitement, I intend to create the new motto and mantra for the Detroit Lions. A lot of great football programs and storied programs have a mantra or a chant that they believe in. And if you look across even to uh, Wisconsin, Green Bay has Go Pack Go. Going to college football, you look at Bama and it's Roll Tide. And it's something tied to the organization that sits deep with the fans and it's easy for them to say and relate to. Hook 'em horns, all that kind of fucking shit. And I think the Lions need something. And I've put a lot of thought into what I believe it should be. And I want to start the movement. Forward. <laughs> yes, forward. <laughs> F-O-R-W-A-R-D. Forward. <laughs> and the reason I want to do forward is not only is it the first word of the song you hear every time the Lions score a point, but it also is symbolic of where... We all want this organization to go. For years, with draft picks we don't like, we've moved backwards. With M Mullen, with Mayhew, and even the people before that, with bad picks, bad decisions, bad coaching, we've moved backwards. And, and the reason Forward works so goddamn well is because, one, it's the first lyric of that song, like I told you. Two, it's obviously the direction you want 
your organization to move because who the fuck wants to go backwards at all? We're watching the Tigers and Red Wings go backwards. Are we having any fun with that? No. The Lions are teed up right now to have a great season and move forward. And also with football, you move the ball forward down the field, just like the goddamn song tells you we do. Losing yards is not the way you want to go. You want to move forward, forward, forward. And that's what I want to do with these Detroit Lions this year. So, in excitement around this, I've decided to officially launch the Champagne Athletics store with the first shirt being forward. And it represents everything that we want for our Detroit Lions going forward. We got our new GM at the helm with Quinn, and we got our boy under center for five more years getting paid at the tune of $27 million a year. We are moving forward. If you want to get behind this goddamn movement, either just start yelling forward, hashtagging forward on any Lions picture you do, start chanting it at the games, and if you really want to go balls deep into getting behind this whole movement, you'll log your ass online and you'll go to the store. Now, there's more than one way to find the store. You can go to champagneathletics.bigcartel.com. That's champagneathletics.bigcartel.com. You can go to champagneathletics.com and click shop, or you can probably click the link in the Instagram bio if it's there. Champagneathletics.bigcartel.com. There's a bunch of forward shirts on there. And yeah, sure, you buy a shirt, I'm going to make some profit. But that's not what I'm doing this for. This is bigger than like the $3 I'm going to make on every one of these shirts. Because realistically, we are trying to bring a championship to Detroit. And the only way we're ever going to do that is if we move forward. And it can't just be me behind the idea of forward. It's got to be a whole movement. It's got to be the whole team, the whole organization, the whole city around one team pushing forward. So the next time someone who's not a Lions fan asks you how the team asks you how the team is doing, you look them dead in their fucking eyes and you say, "We're moving forward." <laughs> and if you need any more clarification on which direction forward is, just watch the clip of around the nine-minute mark of the second quarter of Stafford beating that blitz, running for like 15 yards and sliding for a first down, and then pointing the direction he wants to go, which is forward. Go Lions. Oh, yeah. Daddy's fired up. Daddy's fired up. Um, Lions W will do that to you. But another reason uh, Daddy's fired up is I got to tour Little Caesars Arena. Whoa! That's fucking nuts, right? Um, Yeah, knew a friend who had a connection with the Pistons, actually, and got me in there to tour it. And I don't have enough time in this podcast to tell you guys how much I loved the goddamn place. I mean, it is an absolute, it's a different world. It's a different world. The place could have its own fucking area code. It's someone described it as like Disney world. And I totally like agree. Um, the architecture looks awesome. In my opinion, it's a monstrosity. It's an absolute monstrosity, but it doesn't look just like kind of like a weird space dome in the middle of the city. Like, I think it blends in well with, you know, new and old architecture around it. Uh, The murals that were up were absolutely incredible. But just the overall atmosphere of the place, and and I don't mean, like, the people in it or, like, the attitudes of the workers or anything like that. I mean, 
Like, you walked into the Joe, and I, I know it's a tough comparison to the Joe because the Joe is the fucking Joe, but, like, you walk into that place, and, like, y- it was like walking into, like, a peanut cigarette fart. Like, it kind of just, like, went up in your face, and then your eyes start to water, and it kind of just, you know, like, you could fart in that place and, and come back a month later, and it would still be in the seat. Uh, Little Caesars Arena is, like, so beautifully like aerated and there's this outside element to it that you you just don't get it doesn't even feel like you're inside it feels like you are um you know at comerica park or something like that with the way it's outside like it's got a glass dome up top that lets just all this beautiful like natural light in and it gives you views of the skyline and the temperature of the place and the airflow is just incredible just absolutely incredible the comfortability of this place um, there's, there's 2000 TVs in the place. There's like a billion bathrooms that you're never out of reach of whatever the fuck you're looking for. There's a million different concession stands. They got the Amsterdam bar. They got a goose Island bar and about a hundred million in between. Uh, they have a beer garden in the back for not even like people to get in the stadium. There's just a, an outdoor element to it where people can watch on a big screen to watch the game. They thought of absolutely everything when building this place now I did just do a tour I didn't go to a game there but it was mind-blowing and the most mind-blowing part of the whole experience in my opinion was the actual like rink itself like you know you're in the concourse but then you go into the the actual rink and it was just it's breathtaking it's fucking breathtaking and I'm not just saying this just because I'm a diehard Red Wings fan um, this, this has to be one of the best stadiums in America. And I'm not exaggerating. The seats in the place are, are fucking red wing red. They're awesome. And they're so steep. They look like they're stacked on top of each other. So everyone's kind of, you know, leaning over each other. And it just is this imposing, it's this imposing view for anybody who, you know, would ever come into it. Like, or sorry, any visiting team that would come into the building. Um, they designed it acoustically so all the so it doesn't dome up at the top. It's a flat roof. So they said all the sound will just stay in. So it's going to be one of the loudest fucking stadiums in the NHL. Um, in addition to the seats that were so awesome, they have these suites. And the suites are just absolutely gorgeous. I won't even go into the suites. They're, they're kind of like the piston suites where, like, they're part of, like, the, the, at the palace where, like, you're, you're with the common folk. Um, in the suite, I'm, I'm not, I've like had one suite in my life. So I don't want anyone to think like I go to and sit in a fucking suite every game, but like, you're like with all the regular seats. Um, but they're just, they're way nicer than the palace. Obviously they have like, you know, the glass up there and they're just, they're just fucking incredible. Um, in addition to that, they have these wild ass gondola seats and these gondola seats, literally it's like a, a thing that hangs from the ceiling and these are really tough to explain, but they hang from the ceiling and they're actually in front of like the back row seats and you rent out those spaces and the view of the ice that you have is literally an overhang. So you have to look down, but you have a complete aerial view of the ice surface. It's fucking sweet. And I know that was a very shitty job of explaining that, but it looks absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, and then the ceiling holy shit the ceiling it's like all it's an led ceiling the whole thing lights up the whole thing is just absolutely they had it like a gradient purple going like a wave of purple going while i was there it looks so cool 
Um, and the woman who was like kind of showing us around told me that that roof, there's only one other roof like it in any stadium in America, and it's Staples Center. And workers and riggers who work up there can actually walk on top of it. Like they can, they can walk on it as opposed to like being hooked onto it like you'd normally rig a concert or something like that. They can just walk up, and apparently they can like switch out a concert into like a game in three hours. When normally it was like the Joe would have a concert and it takes like 48 hours to turn it over into the rink again. But this one can do it in three hours. So they're just going to be pumping shows, games, and shit out of that place like it's no big deal. Not to mention, hanging from the middle the middle is the fucking Jumbotron, which is just the most beautiful thing in the world. The whole thing is just a screen. There's no break in it. It's not like it's not like the Jumbotron at the Dro- J- Joe where it's like, you know, checkered... TV stacked on top of each other with like light bulb scoreboards. No, this is 2017 and it looks like fucking 2080 and it it's fucking incredible. Um, the only thing really bummed out, didn't get to see the locker rooms uh, because they were painting them or something, but I got to see the rink underground and the fact that like 14 year old kids or however old they are, the little Caesars travel hockey program, that they get to call that their home rink like is it blows my fucking mind like growing up playing hockey hockey was my fucking life I thought it was the coolest thing in the world I still do um and you know at that age you think you're the hottest shit you think hockey is life and it kind of is and to be able to pull up to that place and practice in the rink under the rink at Little Caesars Arena is absolutely incredible the banners they have hanging up in that little rink which holds about 300 400 people I think are the original Joe Louis Arena Red Wings championship banners. I can't imagine skating under that as like a 14-year-old for practice. It's, it's awesome. And then around it, they have like this whole viewing area for the players and whoever else wants to sit around and watch. And it's like this lounge. It's like this indoor lounge with like a fireplace, TV, couches, bar. It's Guys, it's, it's wild. And you got to go see it. You got to go. If you're not going to Kid Rock this week, you got to get to a Wings game soon, see a concert. I don't know. Um, and you got to take me because I don't have anything on the books yet. So if you got any extra tickets, take me. I'll probably black out before we even get there and piss my pants so you won't even have to deal with me the whole time. You can just, you can just lay me down um, on one of the beautiful benches that they have there as well. Um, I don't think they missed a beat. They got it up real fast. I'm real excited for when the restaurants get fully flushed out. Um, it's just going to be an incredible, incredible gaming experience. Um, and I, you know, I hope the Red Wings have a pulse this year so they don't, you know, just take a dump all over the ice. And, you know, maybe the Pistons will do something with Avery Bradley. I honestly have no fucking idea. But A plus, A plus work on Little Caesars Arena. God, isn't it great that fall season is like here? Like, I got some sports to talk about. Holy fucking shit. Can you imagine if the Tigers were good? They'd be in the heart of, like, a fucking pennant race right now. We'd be losing our goddamn minds. The Lions would be starting. We'd have – well, the Lions did start. We'd have LCA opening up, and the Tigers would be, like, in a playoff push. It would be just incredible. But, you know, the Tigers decide to poop all over each other. We don't even have Verlander or J.D. Martinez anymore. And I don't even know who's on that team. I haven't watched a game, in, like, since the brawl day. And even before that, I wasn't watching. The only reason I watched the brawl game is because it was the fucking brawl game. Damn it. Tigers found a way into the podcast again. Anyways – Let's move on. Let's move away from some sports, um, and we'll go into a game I play every week, and we're going to do some over-under. 
Uh, this week's over-under was sent to me by Fatboy Jerry. Fatboy Jerry was just out in California visiting um, another buddy of ours named James. <laughs> James. I don't think I've ever called him James. We call him Fish. His last name's Fish. So there it is. Name's James Fish. Another identity ruined by Champagne Athletics and the Fizz. Um, so sorry about that, James Fish. Uh, hope you had a good time with Fatboy Jerry. Um, I'm sure he cleaned out your fucking uh, closets, probably ate all the fucking mac and cheese and Chef Boyardee he could find, um, and is probably high as a kite out in California and balls deep in a chicken Parmesan sandwich. Anyways, I got derailed there, um, but thank you to Jerry for turning around these questions on such short notice. Um, I know I asked you late, which is my fault, but I really, I really do. I do appreciate you doing this for me, Jerry. Um, it's not like I hate you all the time, just most of the time. So thank you very much for providing these questions. I'm going to open my email now. We can get balls deep like you are in that chicken parmesan sandwich uh, into over-under. All right, so we got the email open. Uh, the subject of the email is have fun. It's not like I'm in Hollywood right now or anything. You know, Jerry, just, this, this is the shit. Like, I don't... Thanks for sending them to him. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm in fucking Hollywood right now. Like, you're, you're an accountant from Cleveland, man. Like, it's not like you're in Hollywood on the red fucking carpet. You're just, you're just there because you decided to redirect your flight and visit our buddy. Like, I know you're so busy to type out ten words for me. Um, fuck you. Fuck you, Jerry. All right, let's get into the words. Here we go. First one. Pulling them down. Public transportation. Um, public transportation is underrated, and... I know it might seem like something that would be overrated. A lot of people bitch about public transportation, but let me let me tell you guys, I did. I lived for two years in Chicago, and I'm back in Detroit now. Um, the public transportation is just great for a lot of fucking things. Like, I'm not going to get into like the economic impact it can have on a city. I don't know numbers on that or anything, but I just know if you want to have a big city with a lot of people downtown, like Detroit does, you got to have public transportation and it's got to be more than the fucking Q line. Um, need a subway, need a train. Public transportation is fucking great. You be in Chicago, you can get anywhere at any point, uh, whether it was the buses or the trains. Sure, there's some weird shit on there. There's homeless guys taking shits. There's people licking the fucking poles. It can get kind of gross and kind of smelly. It can get kind of packed, but it is nice to not have to have a car. Um, cause cars can be expensive. Cars get in accidents. Cars require maintenance. Um, and also it's great to get shit faced and, you know, jump on public transit and head home and not even shit faced Sometimes it's like, if you, for me, you know, weighing in at a massive 140 pounds on the size of a goddamn eighth grader, I drink two fucking IPAs and I'm over the goddamn limit. So for me, it was just like, great, public transportation. I don't even need to roll the dice on like a DUI or anything like that. So public transportation, under fucking rated. I like public transportation. Two, candles. Candles are also underrated. Um, candles kind of seem gay, you know, whatever, like, oh, tight, nice fucking candle. But let me tell you, I live with my girlfriend and she keeps the place immaculately clean and when the candles are going, it's very relaxing to be in a clean apartment with a nice smelling candle. <sighs> All right. Man card. Lost it. That's fine. Number three, the Lions. The Lions are underrated. I can't just have that fucking speech that I just gave and, not, and call them overrated. 
Um, actually, I did I did call them overrated a couple weeks ago, but now I'm all juiced up. It's week one. And I'm selling T-shirts, so they're underrated. I definitely had them underrated on the year. They fucking smacked Arizona. They need to show me something in New York next week. What way we going, team? Forward. That's right. Forward. Okay. Next one. Number four, camping. Oh, camping is so overrated. Yuck. Um, I have a theory that I tell people like, yeah, I, I will camp. I will go camping, but it has to be like in a hotel. Like I'm not camping outside. I'm not, I'm not doing the whole sleep under the stars thing. Like, I don't know. I just, I'm a city boy. I'm proud of it. I don't really care. Um, you know, I just camping to me doesn't really excite me too much. Maybe if someone was in charge of the whole thing, we had like an RV with a generator with like Wi-Fi. I don't. I need the bed. I need the shower. I think the shower is the biggest one for me. You know, I'm a real skinny guy. Like I, my shoulders get all fucked up if I sleep on like the ground. I, camping fucking sucks. Like let's just go to a hotel and like get wasted or something. All right, number five, air mattresses. That's a that's a funny follow up. Uh, foul follow up. Um, I think air mattresses are also. I'm, well, not also, but I'm going to say air mattresses are underrated. Um, owning an air mattress, I believe, is an absolute must, um, especially as, you know, we're get, we're, I'm getting out of my moving on to my later 20s here. I feel like younger 20s, you go to your buddies, just like, ah, fuck it, I'll throw a blanket on the ground, I'll sleep on the goddamn ground, I don't give a shit. No, now, now I need, like, an air mattress. I need a fucking air mattress at least. Um, granted, I don't feel that great waking up on an air mattress, but an air mattress is great to have for a bunch of reasons. One, if you do that shit-face sleepover at a buddy's, you know, if you're going to visit them somewhere and they don't have a, you know, they don't have something for you or their couch sucks, the air mattress is great. Two, it's great to have at your house for when you have someone staying over. Um, so if they don't like your couch or if they have a significant other, you can just blow up a giant air mattress on them um, and they can use the air mattress. But the only thing tough about air mattresses is that they inevitably get a slow leak hole. So if someone sleeps on it and they wake up on the bare ground, they're just like, ah, motherfucker. But by that point, they're already asleep and you've already offered them the air mattress, so they're kind of happy with you. Number six. Giving, giving money to the homeless, and then in parentheses he has only saying this because I walked over a homeless man today with change, obviously in my pocket. Um, if you had, if you have change in your pocket, you know, just like loose change, and I, I feel like you know, give it to the homeless man. Um, but I mean, I lived in Chicago. I live downtown now in Detroit. Uh, if you work downtown, you walk by them every day. It's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, I'm broke. I don't have any money. I can't be, I can barely flip dollars on myself. I can't be flipping dollars to you every time I see you. Um, I think it's great when people give them their leftover food because, you know, they're not going to spend it on drugs. That's literally food. Um, I, I guess it's underrated for, for what, uh, you know, it does for the homeless person. I guess you have to say underrated. <laughs> you can't really call it overrated. Like, giving money to the homeless can't be overrated. Um, but it is definitely a tough situation that I, I get uncomfortable about. If I have a buckaroo on me and I need some good karma, I'll give it to them. Um, it's kind of luck of the draw for me, but you can't give money to every homeless person you see unless you have a ton of fucking money. Um, that's, that's kind of just my thought on that. Um, sorry, sorry if that bothered any homeless people out there. Uh, number seven, <laughs> extreme sports. And then in parentheses, he, see, he has like mountain biking or some shit. Um, so, I mean, I guess with extreme sports, I'm going to say extreme sports are underrated, but not to like watch. Like, I don't, I don't really get any joy out of watching like the X games or like, 
any extreme sports. Um, I mean, unless when the Olympics come around and Sean White was doing snowboard shit, that was awesome. Like, I really loved that shit. And that's pretty much like the only extreme sport um, I enjoyed really watching. Uh, meeting Tony Hawk a couple weeks ago. I love that fucking guy. I loved his video game. So I'm going to just support skateboarding because um, I think it's a cool thing to have in the city. And um, I think Tony Hawk's like one of the coolest dudes in the fucking world. So I'm going to just say for all intents and pur- purposes, extreme sports are underrated. I have a feeling uh, Jerry put that in here because he's out in California and he's like, extreme sports fucking suck, which I kind of agree with. But I think they're underrated for the talent they get. I think just entertainment-wise, they're not that great unless you're Sean White fucking just launching yourself 350,000 feet in the air and doing some spin shit and then coming down and winning a gold medal uh, for the U.S. Number eight, uh, Cowboys. I don't know if he is talking about the Dallas Cowboys or just like like, like Cowboys in general out in the West because he is out, out, you know, out in the West right now. You know, So maybe he's talking about Cowboys. I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys are overrated. Um which kind of sounds silly to say, but I still am holding on to this tight feeling that Dallas is not as good as they showed last year and Dak is not as good as he showed last year. Um, I could be completely wrong, especially with how dominating they just played the New York Giants, Um, but I'm going to just stubbornly stick to that pick that the Cowboys aren't uh, as good as they were last year, so I'm going to say they're overrated. I think Cowboys in general, like riding horses and shooting guns, I think they're – completely underrated um you don't see too many cowboys cruising the streets these days um which is a bummer so i think that any chance you get to see a cowboy interact with a cowboy that's pretty fucking badass though they got to be underrated they got to be underrated all right let's move to uh number nine kenny galladay kenny g uh, Kenny G is obviously one of the hottest stories coming out of week fucking one of the Lions, and I realized I didn't even mention him uh, talking earlier. Two touchdowns, I think 68 yards receiving, um, and with an absolute highlight grab on the 45-yard bomb from Stafford. Um, you know, he definitely stole my Instagram photo. I still got no credit for it, and now he's big time, and you know, I'm probably getting further away from getting any credit from Kenny Galladay. Um, he matched expectations. How's that? I'm not even going to give him an over or underrated. Um, I would really like some recognition from Kenny Galladay for all the love that I gave him, uh, especially wearing number 19, which is a privilege and honor to wear in this city. And I just think he should have shot me a like. And until then, I'm just going to, I'm not going to say he's overrated. Definitely not going to say he's overrated because he's not. And I'm not going to say he's underrated, um, but I'm going to say he's, he's playing very well. He's playing very good football. Um, but I would, you know, I'd really like him to, you know, just kind of show a little love to his new fan base, but teach their own, I suppose. And moving on to number 10, NFL Red Zone. NFL Red Zone so goddamn underrated. Um, I went to go watch the, went to go do a Red Zone day at my buddy's on Sunday, and we flip on his TV, and it was like, Red Zone, you don't have this fucking channel. And you would have thought the world was ending. You would have thought his house blew up. We lost our goddamn minds. Um, no red zone is like no air on an NFL Sunday. Like, I don't even know how it was done before. It really is the best channel in the world. I love NFL red zone with all my heart, so I don't think it could ever get to a point where it was overrated. It is an underrated TV show. And that will conclude um, Over Under for the Fizz Episode 8. Um, but before I end the show, I want to 
go back and look at my Lions picks each week after they play. So I wrote an article on Champagne Athletics where I picked every single Lions game this year. Um, and I wrote out exactly what I thought it was going to be, and I wrote the final score. So I want to look back at the Arizona Cardinals game, um, which the Lions won 35-23 to at Ford Field, um, and just see how I did with my prediction. So I'll read this out. Week one, home versus the Arizona Cardinals. And this is, this is what I wrote. Now I have a lukewarm take on the schedule and record that if the Lions are able to win the first game, it will set the tone for the entire season and will ultimately decide if the Lions are going to the playoffs in 2017 or not. Arizona finished 9-7 last year in a very disappointing campaign, leaving many Cards fans extremely disappointed due to their mild Super Bowl aspirations last year. So I believe Arizona comes out with something to prove this year. Bruce Arians is a great coach and has a lot of talent out in the desert. Expect them to bring the heat. That being said, the Leos are pretty good at home. And if I'm being moronically optimistic about the season yet again, I got... I got them winning in a nail-biter week one, with my boy Matty Prater kicking a 43-yard field goal as time expires to win it. Final, Detroit 27, Arizona 24. The final was 35-23. to I say that's not fucking bad. I hope everyone enjoyed the fizz this week. Go online and buy a Lions shirt. There's women's shirts, there's men's shirts, and there's fucking a bunch of different colors. Go check out the Champagne Athletics store. I love you all for listening. Have a great week. Go Lions. We're moving forward. Chalk with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chalk with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop bottles. Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Know this we ball harder. I am the bird man.